Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday? Hey, happy post Fourth of July, Dennis. Yep, yep. Happy July sixth. Hey, we we went to uh, uh, our buddy Pat's. He's a friend of the show. Went to his mm-hmm. um, Fourth of July party thing type thing. We at were, his at his new place on the at lake. his new place. He has a house out on the lake. We were. Um, it was interesting because it was the first time we've been to a gathering of people since this whole stuff. Went oh, down. sure, sure. So that was that was the thing. Now we know these people pretty well, and these people are all um, uh, very conscious. They're the kind of people that will definitely wear masks when they go into you know the stores or restaurants and things like that. They they so mm-hmm. we know that they're probably being as safe as we are. But still, you know, you we were within six feet ish of people, and it was a thing. Uh, but we, we went out to the, uh, cause he's got a new house out on the lake and we, he's got a new boat and we all went out on his boat and sat there at night and watched the fireworks over the thing. I had never done that before, which was mm. very pretty cool sitting on the lake and watching the, the, the fire. We, fireworks. Yeah, that's, that's a nice thing. I guess I forget because we lived on a lake until I was 12. Oh, nice. And the summers when I was... 12 and 13 either 12 and 13 or 11 and 12 my dad and i uh and one of his friends and his friend's son went up to the boundary waters which is a this long large collection of lakes and rivers on the border of minnesota and um canada mm-hmm. and so i grew up you know fishing swimming and and doing stuff on lakes so i forget that not everybody like has that experience has that awareness of what a lake is no or what like, lake life is like we we had all sorts lake, of conversations about that yeah i mean before you even get into the like whole lake life thing but just this idea of this vast stretch of space in your in your vision that is impassable right i yeah. mean it's not impassable but like you can't walk into it you go around it all the time yeah and and it's flat there's yeah. nothing you can't build anything on it nothing grows out of it it's just a flat visual, you know, surface. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, you know, to my, I don't know that I ever really even consciously thought about this before, but like, to me, of course, the ideal place to watch fireworks is over water because there's no, um, there's nothing to block the view. Yeah. And not even really people. Right. Cause I mean, if you <laughs> right. go to a place, there's people kind of in front of you or behind you or below. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Here you just have your friends that are or family like that maybe which was really fun and unique and really a great thing we we um we had three there were three kids around the same ish age there of of my girlfriend's daughter and they had their little life jackets on and they decided they wanted to be in in the water for the whole thing so it was dark and there they are bobbing right next to this big boat that we have and Mm -hmm. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I'd never would have thought of being able to do that stuff as a kid. I know late kids probably do, but you know, swimming during a fireworks thing was the coolest thing ever. And I thought it was a neat thing for yeah. her to kind of experience that and really enjoy yeah. it. The, uh, it ended with, you know, how the traditional like firework grand finale happens, but mm-hmm. right at the end, it looked like a huge, massive fireball explosion happened. And you can <laughs> see like, just, it looked like a nuclear mushroom cloud hit the hit wow. thing so we, we we're we're it did not look like it was intentional let's put it that way. it could have been but holy cow yeah there's always that 
and I've definitely seen fireworks shows that were like that, where you're like, oh, somebody lit off the whole box too early. And Yeah, it was a boom. Um, like, it wasn't like where you saw sparks coming out. It was an eruption with, you know, black wow. smoke. And when I was... Um, when I was in the first couple years of college, um, I knew a guy who had started throwing these bat these big um Independence Day parties. Yeah. He'd done like the second or third in a row. And he actually had me and half a dozen other guys um go to training to uh, set off fireworks. Okay. And so we actually learned about the you know, it's not like the fancy stuff Disney does, but yeah, right. we had mortar tubes and the things with the big, um, big long fuse. And I didn't light any fireworks, but I loaded the tubes. So we had like two racks of tubes. I would drop the, the fireworks down the tubes and then run over to the other to the other rack where he had just lit them off. And then I would load those while he was lighting off the ones where I had just been Wild. kind of keep people spread out like there's all this safety stuff right um and it sort of took a little bit of the of the magic out of fireworks not that there was ever that much magic because i'm right you, you, know, you saw how the sausage I, was made type thing right yeah even when i was a kid i was like oh you got this and it goes in there and this stuff burns like i'm not a chemist but right. i've always been kind of fascinated by how things work and so it's still, you know, when then when I see stuff go off, I'm like, man, what did they do? There must have been this chemical and then this chemical and then put in just such a way so that they shoot out at this direction. And then, you know, that's mm -hmm. just the way that my brain works. Right. We we, we uh, we're always so happy to see fireworks. It's so great how everybody comes out in droves. Not not this year. Obviously, it was only a lot of mm -hmm. most everyone everywhere was canceled. Uh, this was happened to be just a local HOA at the big lake there that was putting it on mm -hmm. and it was a big show but um i think that probably fireworks people are doing things on the cheap because they can or they have to um but the uh everybody comes out you know for a fireworks show but when you go to like disney world or disneyland they have at every one of their parks the biggest fireworks beautiful display every single night yeah like yeah i've heard about this yeah n nowhere have i seen and I've seen a lot, 45 years of, of fireworks displays, and I've never seen them as good as they are in Disney. Um, so they have, um, I bet you people who see those every night are like, eh, fireworks or whatever, it's not a big deal. There, I, I learned about that in college, and there was a thing where they, like some neighborhood city, whatever, I think it must be in Anaheim because it's so much more crowded there. Um, but they were forced to cut back they were doing like big massive fireworks shows every night yeah and it was it was so much that people were getting like ash build up on their houses <laughs> that's funny okay. when they're in the zone uh what i have heard is that unlike almost everybody else's fireworks and i mean i heard this 15 plus years ago so yeah. who knows but uh almost everyone's fireworks are like rockets yeah right you you light uh um you light the propellant first right and that shoots the the explosive up into the air yeah um where disney has their fireworks loaded into pneumatic guns yes like like potato guns yep and so they have they have like precise control over direction and arc and position and everything more than more than anybody with a chemical propellant 
yes, could have. For sure. Day, 100%. So. Uh, it's funny. As I was mentioning that Disney thing, that's exactly where I was kind of leading to. Pat was telling us mm. about how they did that. that. That exact thing was that it's all done through their air compressors yeah. and stuff. So that they can do right. things like they know exactly at a certain point in the music that there's going to be a large firework with two smaller circular fireworks right above it in exact spots. So you get the Mickey Mouse. The Mickey Mouse. Right. Nice. And in fireworks. And they can do that, mm-hmm. which is right. just amazing to me. So when you watch those Disney fireworks, they're like, how is this like possible? This insanity of science that they can make shapes in the, in the air consistently every time. And yeah, they're just really good. Um, but anyway, that, that was fun. It was 4th of July and here in the United States. Uh, and was, yeah, we point. didn't, um, it was just another day for us. My, yeah. our parents are down in Florida. Um, and it's just uh, myself and my two sisters, and there were recently uh, puppies arrived, oh. or were were born, right. and the store, so the they are. Bottom. Yeah, it, the first I probably mentioned this on the show before, but the first twenty four forty eight hours are crucial um, with puppies to make sure that they all nurse kind of equally. Um, so among there's other no runs. So that there's no runts or that the runts survive. Right. Um, and so my, my sisters were taking shifts, you know, to, to monitor those, those puppies. And so, you know, I, uh, I spent the three day weekend alternating between, um, going over to the house and installing trim still getting close to the end of the trim. I know I keep saying that, Big but it really word. is true this time. Um, if I post up some pictures, I'll link those on the on the show notes. Um, but I did that and then would come home and just play Factorio for a couple hours because the girls were busy. And so the fourth was just another day for me, except that, as I said, I had a three-day weekend. And yeah. even, even from my bedroom in the basement, I could hear pops and crackles of consumer-grade fireworks all, all afternoon, evening, into the night. And for sure. where we... Where we are out in the country, I, I say this sort of jokingly when somebody mentioned it on the Discord, but there are maybe half a dozen houses within a one-mile radius of here that are not Amish. And I don't <laughs> think the Amish are shooting off fireworks. So I'm like, they're just all night with these fireworks? And it's like, well, people, people have been you know, cooped up in their houses all this time, and they're you know feeling patriotic or just want to blow some stuff up and... Yeah, I mean, I, everybody everybody I, did it because they're not probably not as many big cookouts and stuff. Yeah, and so more people who were like, "Well, everybody's here for the fourth. Let's get some fireworks." Well, there's always that because they're always so expensive, and to to let mm. off the and buy the, I think they're still illegal ones the that are like real ones commercial that aren't ones. Roman candles and stuff, right? Yeah. But like the big ones. Uh, but they're so expensive, and I know it's often cost prohibitive. And the biggest thing people, when they go and think about buying a couple for their to show their kids to shoot off in the backyard, they, they're mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know. We'll just go to the. We're going to go to the fireworks anyway and see better, so that we won't buy it. But now this year they don't have that, so they're they're pretty much like, well, these are the only fireworks my kids are going to see. So I'll right. spend a hundred dollars on whatever it might be. Oh, sure, that makes sense. Right. I know. Um, you probably. Well, I don't know. You grew up in. Terre Haute, right, yep. which is on the border, on yep. the Illinois border. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, up here, we're close to the Michigan border, and we have a ton of fireworks shops. Oh yeah, it's like right. a right on the highway. It's like a, a a metal building. It's selling beer 
cigarettes and fireworks <laughs> because because the taxes are different across the states. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I assume people from Michigan and Illinois coming into Indiana to yeah. get those things cheaper. I think I think actually ours is the opposite way. I think Illinois was cheaper and they had fireworks shops over there. Um, mm. Or it was tax less taxes or or actually. The, sure. Actually, I think the real thing was, is that Illinois had uh, looser rules with what fireworks you could you could buy. Uh, right. Because it used to be when I was a kid that you couldn't you couldn't buy those fireworks that shot up in the end and exploded. You, you couldn't. Right. It was illegal. I think it still yeah. is, but nobody enforces anything. Yeah, it probably depends on where you are. Like, I remember having conversations about campfire and stuff with um, our buddy Dan, who was from Orange County, California. And he was very paranoid about, like, starting the, the trees and the bushes on fire. And I'm like, it's it's fall in Indiana. Like, this is prairie land. It's not the desert. The <laughs> grass is not going to catch fire from a spark. Right, yeah. Yeah, the it's a it's a crazy thing we do. I, I still had that moment of you know, well, Shelley even mentioned, you know, isn't it funny that we celebrate America by doing the bomb, remembering the bombs that exploded during the Revolutionary War? And you know, yeah, well, that's not to not to get political. That's part of our part of our our issue with Second Amendment stuff is that we became a country through the use of guns. Right, right. Like right. guns are important to us the way that uh, katana, the way that swords are to the Japanese. Sure, um, we even but, have bombs celebrating yeah, I mean, our holidays. Right. I mean, that's that's the song. That's the the bombs Star bursting in there. Our, yeah. our our national anthem is that the you know rockets re- like through all this like fighting artillery fire and smoke like the flag persists. Right, yeah. it's like the. The, the stars in the sky above above the temporary clouds from Lord of the Rings. Right, um, right. So yeah, I get that. But yeah, it is kind of a kind of a crazy thing. Just like taking blow up so many chemicals like, <laughs> all over just all over this, the place. This thing. It's crazy how, how much money goes just into that that little bit. And we do it in our all of our cities. And yeah, it's a it's a it's a thing. So this year, it not have a lot of most a lot of places. I'd say hazard to say most places in america didn't have fireworks displays um which is actually a little funny to me because i get it i think the one of the reasonings was that we've got got to spend money on other things right now in the pandemic than you know cities spending money on fireworks but sure if if there's one thing you can do that you can also stay social distance at is an outdoor thing so that's right it would be an okay-ish thing compared to yeah it's not an indoor concert or anything, but anyway, that's, it, it was good. It was, it was a good time. It was nice seeing it on the lake like that and having a good time out, you know, on the lake yeah. and, and yeah. enjoying that, that thing. It was a been, hot 91, about- but it, it was nice and cool. 80, low eighties or you know, higher seventies at night. I, I didn't think we were going to talk about fireworks. I was like, we're going to have a light show. And then we talk about fireworks. <laughs> fireworks. Hey, well, yeah, it, it, it right. was very hot. I, I avoided any of the outside jobs that are yet to do on the house, except I did power wash my actual front porch um, on Saturday, oh, and that nice. was that was fine. Like, there's a lot of water; it drips on you, and so you get your clothes kind of wet. But it's oh, cold right, water, yeah, so you, right. So you, sure. It's not as it's not as bad as I should do that. I, don't know, I, I think I've been putting off a lot of things with my yard and stuff, except for maybe a little bit tonight because we're trying to get the storms. But the uh, 
Um, because pressure washers of, because are kind of cool, but power washing, I like you said, you do get a little bit wet, and it's it's okay out there. But I, yeah. I do I do enjoy that. I got I got a little bit of your projects. I've actually got some big projects I've been working on this year, so I'm I'm happy with. I won't go into, but I've spent way more money than I thought I was going to spend this year on plants and lawn mm. stuff and pavers and yeah yeah that's that's lots, a lot of, of people. Money. But but it's good, you know, it's all good stuff. Uh, but m- moving on to our, to our show now, we've talked about fireworks Fourth of July. So last week we teased a little bit at the end of the show that we started uh, up playing an MMO again, the two of us. Now, we're not hardcore MMO people like we were maybe back when we were 20s or such. Right. Um, but, you know, now that we're grownups and we can, you know, control <laughs> our impulses and things like that, um, right. put things into perspective, we can appreciate going back and, and maybe, you know, spending some time in an MMO. Uh, massively multiplayer online game is what we're talking about. More like a, a role-playing game. The most classic one people know are is World of Warcraft. You might have heard that right. one. Um, but <laughs> maybe uh, you've heard of it. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, we so Dennis suggested a couple weeks ago when I was bringing this up uh, that we play the Final Fantasy fourteen online. Yep. MMO. Yep. And it was made, Final what, Fantasy. Another ten. Another thing you've you've maybe heard of. Yes. Uh, yeah. The the original, at least that's what the copyright on the loading screen says. 2010, 10 years ago. So mm. now, I, now, I get some of that once in a while when I have like weird sort of head scratcher questiony moments in the game. I'm like, this is a 10 year old game. It's yeah, almost yes. as old as WoW. I, it's I not. Agree. I mean, WoW is 2004, but it's it's old. Like, yeah. Um, I, I wonder know, what so, the newest or the most recent uh well populated MMO is these days. I, I mean there's there's MMOs that come and go all the time and they're you know flashing the pans, well, but I wonder I I have so I have played this game on and off for I don't know, four or five years probably. Um our buddy Chance plays it. Uh he's he 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 and I work together actually at the job I had before this one, but we met through both working for Trotsky back in the late 2000s um but he played this game and so i was like i don't know i mean i don't even remember now but i was like oh, i'll try it and now, wait did it's... he play did he play final fantasy 11 or 14 that i don't know there's there's a bit of a history with that yeah um but i i came to this game and i rolled a character and i've come back to it after long hiatuses a couple of times um I know very little about the Final Fantasy world. Um, I saw that terrible movie back in sure, right? Was that the late nineties, early two thousands? Yeah, the the full one of the first full CG uh, with real people, not Pixar movie. Yeah, Um, and I played. We've talked about this on the show before, but I played. I want to say thirteen, but that can't be right. Maybe it is. Okay. Um, it was on the 360, the the Xbox 360. I mean, it was probably on PlayStation 2. But so I you don't have a whole lot of, like, long-time, lifelong Final Fantasy history then, right? No. Okay. Uh, okay, it is 13. Sure. And I I played it for a few hours, and I got it from Gamefly. And so I play, played it for a few hours and then sent it back. It was just this linear oh, God, sort yes. of turn-based combat thing that just didn't Yes. Didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Like, there's no open world. Not that right. I need that. No, but I get it, yeah. 
I wanted at least something as open as like the Zelda games that I played. Which sure, were, yeah. Uh, yeah. The ones on the the Nintendo DS and the Wii. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that the world was kind of weird. Um, sure. You know, I had played, I don't remember if I played this before or after Black Desert Online, probably after. Okay. And I had also done some Guild Wars stuff, which Guild Wars is also Asian, but not, it's a little more Western Asian than than Black Desert or Final Fantasy. Um, so there, there are two like big things to consider when you're talking about, I'll just say Eastern, Eastern versus Western, uh, MMOs. Um, one is that their approach to like how you spend your time and what you do in the game are different. Yeah. They're just different between the two. There's, you know, I, I, the way I describe it is like, um, Asians have more tolerance for grind than we do. Yeah. Um, Repeti- and, meaning repetitive gameplay. Re- repetitive gameplay. It's the uh, you know, it's like Sisyphean is the is the fancy word. That's Sisyphus, the Greek character who rolled a boulder up a hill for his whole life or whatever. Yeah. Um, that sense of like, yes, once once you kill five hundred boars, then you can level up or whatever yeah um and, and, and the, eastern has more of this like um uh instant kind of gratification need that we if you're not giving me what have you done for me lately if not i'm bored and i want to go on as we're you know sorry that's western yeah eastern i mean ones will there's be more long there there time. is a lot of overlap right like yeah there's no course. such thing as an mmo without any grind of course yes, um sure right so i'm i'm exaggerating the differences a little bit but the other big one is cultural um, you know, you'll see in, in, uh, in Western MMOs, like World of Warcraft, you have elements of like Norse mythology, uh, Greek and Roman mythology, right. um, you know, pseudo Christian kind of Moses savior kind of, kind of stuff like, um, like Superman is a good example of that. Like they put him in an ark and send him yeah. and he's raised by people who aren't his parents. Um, Thrall in world of Warcraft is that way. He gets right. sent literally down a basket in a basket down a river. Um, but you have like, you have knights and they have shields and swords and they ride horses and they're right. very regimented, like European um, uh, kind of soldiers. And you have the elves and dwarves and, maybe not orcs but elves and dwarves for sure come straight out of norse uh mythology yeah and in eastern mmos you're more likely to get um the various like samurai ninja um um sort of like i mean very overt stuff like but but, but uh, this isn't just eastern this is japanese eastern which in and of itself is very quirky. It it has its own like whole culture. You know, yes. just look at anime for a not minute. just Eastern, and, like very specific kind of yeah. And itself. and I only I only say Eastern because Black Desert is a Korean game. Yeah, but no, it has a lot of these same yes. a lot of these same elements. So I've gone sort of general and and big picture. I think the we had a conversation we may get to, and I was that that sort of shed some light for me on why part of why it's always multiple reasons but why i didn't 
ever stick with this game. And I've played it for, you know, several months at a stretch. So it's not like, you know, I played it for a couple days and then quit. Um, Every time I come back, or at least the first time I came back, I was surprised at how much I had done. I was like, oh, I, I played this a lot considering how much I forget about how any of it worked. And then, of course, as I start doing stuff and looking at stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then this, this, this goes over here. Um, sure. It's a whole, right. it's a I, whole thing. It, what's interesting for me on this one. Yeah. I'm glancing over some of the, the, the cultural things you were talking about was that um, I, I've, if I've played an MMO with the exception, with the exception of black desert, I believe to say that I've always played them from when they started. I played mm. like, there's a game called wild star when it came out. Wow. Came out EverQuest, EverQuest two, when it came out, uh, and everyone writes online Star Wars Galaxies, Star Wars Old Republic, all all those MMOs I played when they launched. Okay, um, so I, I was kind of hammering through the problems or the rough patches or whatever it is, and never starting a game that has had ten years of development under its belt and evolved to what it is now. Like I, you know, what I mean, like sure. when when you play a new game, it's been designed and developed to be the game that it launches with, and you play through that. But when you when a game has had ten years of patches and developments and updates and changes, then what you're playing now has elements of what it used to be, but also trying to incorporate things that it is now and things that it, in different stages. Do you kind of yeah? Like I mean, that? that's the whole that's the whole conversation we had around WoW Classic. Like, right. aside from all the old timer uh, nostalgia people like us, who you know we. Pete and, and Zahn and I and and uh, my friend Sean who is who's still playing um you know the old nostalgia guys wanting to play it like it was back in the glory days there was also a whole population of I, th- I think a lot of children of people who played but even like you know just younger people whatever who never experienced it as it was and want that experience that they're you know, parents or, or whoever talk about. Right. And, um, and, and I, for me do not want that experience. <laughs> I mean, right, I, not right. just from wild classic. I, you know, I was kind of a outspoken a little bit. I didn't like it that much or I never played it, but it wasn't, it wasn't jazzed about it because of that same kind of thing. I, I don't like, I like that modern things have done when you learn about something. And this is applying to the game we're talking about here. When you've learned how a system doesn't, isn't successful and then you fix it or you improve it and you iterate on it it becomes better, right? And then you, what you end up with is something that's better based on feedback and, and iteration and things like that. But going yeah. back and playing it at the beginning is just you're, you're hammering, you're, you're putting this, your head as a hammer on against the wall to try to get that nail to go on <laughs> until it finally does. Yeah, it's a, it's a um, I mean, that's a whole separate topic, but it's the sense of like... Um, I mean, just because I don't want to get into the details. No, no. I mean, it's it's the reason I, I bring it up is it's it's applicable. It's just a here sense of like if I'm if not... you ch- if you change if you made an improvement, you learned from that. Um, no, no, I that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say here is oh, that okay. like jumping into this is the first time that I've jumped into a, a game that's already been a long time actively in development, mm. and I don't have to do that. Like I can go through and see that they. I don't have to deal with all of the pain and the torture that went through before and i can just enjoy a streamlined better system like sure now i'm moving through and i'm advancing through the levels now that you know quicker than i was before when they slogged you down or there's exp bonuses now or there's different ways to do things and it's not just 
uh, you know, in early MMOs, when they first come out, there's they're limited on systems. You do the main quests and side quests, but there's not a lot of things in there yet. So now I have right. options if I get bored or go gambling at the gambling place or, you know, there's a lot more options in it. It's a different kind of game, which is, I said, an iterative game now. I'm playing the new, you know, Final Fantasy 14, not what it was when it was 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, which is which is I I enjoy now. I've mentioned it to you offline that it still has think this game still has some problems with that, mm-hmm. like in namely the main story quest, um, which right. is a key key point to this game. Uh, this is for those who are who don't know about this game. We can probably you can probably skip over to this next chapter, but we'll talk a little bit about the mechanics or in things um, here. The the game, I, I like a lot about it. I like the job system. In this game, you mm-hmm. start with a class, um, but as you get past like level 10, you can actually change classes. So you're, instead of having like 10 alts that are all the different classes that you roll, you have one character that you roll. And at any point, right. they just change their weapon, and then now they're back to whatever level they were at at that class, um, which is a really neat thing. The jobs thing was a little confusing and still a bit kind of is sometimes, but for the most part, you can do anything. And they've got, they've also got systems implemented to help catch up, which I feel like is a, again, a, uh, an expansion thing that happened. Um, mm-hmm. they've got all sorts of really neat, neat things about this game. I, uh, I enjoy, uh, the differences. They're not just straight up tank or what I say, a uh, warrior cleric and, uh, rogue. They all of it. There a lot of the classes are really unique and interesting. Very mm-hmm. eastern, yeah. different kind of things. Like you, you were saying, uh, there's knights and, and wizards and stuff. Well, they do have those in here, but even those are very unique in their own way. Like, yeah, I mean, the character I play uh, started in an, started as an archer, and archers they're you you start with a class and then you pick up a job and then everything is basically jobs all of the the trade skills or professions as they're called in wow are um are also jobs but uh the archer becomes a bard and i think of both of those as kind of european i mean obviously uh you know they had bows and arrows in in china right. and other eastern countries but that idea of a bard um i mean it's probably not european i just think that it is european i'm sure that they had traveling storytellers right and, and uh, archers and in this in, game in are eastern. not are not rangers which is important to to know i think that again we talk about right. western and eastern western is rangers with light chain mail they're aragorn centered type things as opposed to archers in the eastern thing are what you might think of as like samurai archers and things like that with long yeah the way or... the way the class plays is is a lot like a caster like i use right. a bow and I, I mean my character whatever i use a bow but two of my main abilities are damage over time and i do everything from range like most range are a little you know any kind of hunter or ranger is always a little bit of a hybrid between um between pure dps and caster because or physical dps because every other kind of physical dps is melee like you're in there you're either punching them you're hitting them with a stick or a sword or a dagger or whatever you're in close range and a caster is throwing fireballs so if you're using a bow you're some somewhere between those two things but the bard abilities um 
are like buffs and debuffs that go on the party. Which and is so a, it's, that is a typical bard-ish type thing, but yeah. Yeah, it's 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 different because I've never, well, I'm sure that I have played an MMO that had a bard, but I've not played an MMO so much to get to that sense of like, it's a little bit like, if it were a WoW class, it would be some combination of, of hunters and shaman. Yeah, shaman is the only thing I can think of. And like WoW is one of the I'm, first games I know of that actually doesn't have a bard type class. I think a lot oh, of I see. a lot of MMOs have a class that is centered around buffs and debuffs, and, and their groups yeah, and stuff. Th- those Ever are since EverQuest even had those in, things. In WoW, that's probably the shaman and the druid, right? Th- those like two they have this whole multi class thing. But in like in Guild Wars, they had a class called a mesmer, yes, which was, was a buff mesmer. debuff right. um, um, class. Yeah, sending putting on those different statuses and things like that. Yeah, for sure. And and that's that's different than what archer or ranger you might think. So that's very unique. But not even though beyond those, they have things like in this game that like dancer, right? And they have scholar, um, and those are classes. Um, they have obviously samurai and ninja. You don't even see, they actually they do have a rogue now, but it's not the same kind of a rogue you think it would be. Um, they have blue mages and red mages and it's it's different kinds of summoner type things where you're you know summoning primals and things but it's Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting it's just different your races aren't your aren't just dwarf elf human and beast there are bunny-eared people there are elf-eared two different kinds of elf-eared people there are like monster races several of them and then like little kids which is weird (laughs) The Lollafell. Um, the the Lollafells, which that one there just freaks me out every time. They're just, they're like little kids. I know they're supposed to be adults. They're like 400 years old, but still, it's a little that, kid who's like six yeah, years that old. Yeah, that is, that's 100% in, in, I mean, maybe not Eastern, but definitely Japanese, the idea of an immortal uh, or an ancient, uh, as they say, lolly or Lolita, yeah. like a small, and but they're not even... The ones in Final Fantasy are not like anime lollies. They're they're like children. They're, they're straight like, up like six year olds. They're, I mean, they're the way sort they of like they're sort of like gnomes in WoW, but the gnomes in WoW are are um, like uh, uh, deliberately made more mature in the face and the head. Yeah, yeah, they're they're grown ups. Like this was made to look like a six year old. They're yeah it's yeah. it's strange it's, 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 it's very a, strange so th- this does have but it's not I, I unique I, to this game is it? it that's a normal final fantasy thing that's i think it's a final fantasy thing I, but i'm not not necessarily always the final fantasy thing. okay so i should have stepped back into this earlier and said this earlier but my experiences from final fantasy go back to final fantasy one um okay. i played it on the super nintendo when it was early out um sure it was an amazing game to me that my very short story about how it was amazing and why it became a, a mark on my game playing life was that um, you start out, it's a, a classic role playing game like you had in the 80s or 90s, where you're just like a top down view of people going across the land and you go into a town. It's this the sprite based type things uh, and where you have a party. And it was interesting because you had like a party of a white mage, a black mage, a warrior. And like something else, right? It was the Warriors mm-hmm. of Light. And you play through the beginning and you go on a quest and you have to go to a dungeon. And it's hard to explain this in perspective now of being when it came out, when this wasn't a, 
a you know a common thing to be able to finally play wizards and stuff and you know I, i'm playing them and it's like D D, but cooler you know because you're seeing them and mm-hmm. you get you do a couple quests in this little town you go out and you finally push your adventure out and you see a cave up there that you've always wanted to get to and you finally get to it and you work your way through this extremely dangerous cave that you die and you get upgrades and there's a dragon at the end and the whole point of the thing is the king is finally sending you out to the dragon this black dragon and you kill it and you're like yay and you come back to the king and it does a whole like old 80s computer you know music do 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 and it's still mm-hmm. the, the classic um final fantasy uh, theme now uh right. and you're like yay i did it i beat the game but oh and the credits roll right the credits roll up and it's so cool but low right. do you know that's actually just the prologue of the game it says mm. you know like it's at the very end of the credits it says final fantasy and then it starts with the warriors of light you know that's the that's how they started out in the world and now you're playing the rest of the game which is actually 80% of the rest of the game <laughs> and and i was like oh my god this was the most amazing game i've ever played and this is just the beginning what's happening okay yeah i see yeah and it was stunning to me. And then the rest of it only got better. All of a sudden now, on the other side of that cave, you could get onto a boat. And you, this island you're on, you can actually go on the water. Oh, my God. Right? And then there was hidden treasures off in other places. It was unbelievable. You know? Um, so it was fantastic. And it was the only one they were going to have because it was the final one. Right? It was the final fantasy. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so anyway, I, I, I did play further on. I played two and I played three. And. Uh, they were good. Um, so something about the Final Fantasy, and I've played through. I kind of dropped out after ten. I didn't really play anything much after then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have played a bit of twelve. Um, but they became more and more rigid. They they started to become more uh, Asian or or Eastern, where they were instead of having like traditional RPG things where you can go around and do your own thing. It's really narrowed into the story what they call like novels, right? That you're just going through the motions of visual novels or light novels. Yes. Right. Visual novels, I think where you're just going through the story. You can't really go anywhere else on the path. It's a really cool 3d world looking thing, but there's really only one path to go to. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And then most of it is like you said before, grindy to get to that next spot that you have to go to. Um, so that's why I've, I've not really cared for them much where they've really, really hardcore embraced that. Um, sure. They also, uh, square, that was Squaresoft merged with, uh, Enix or Enix, Enix, which they made the dragon warrior games. And those two different kind of competing were the number two competing RPGs, Japanese RPGs back in the day. One of them was very grindy and one of them was very story driven. When the companies merged and they started making the same games, it became a grindy story driven game. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of a little behind story with that one. Uh, but ever since the beginning, ever since the beginning, they have used some terms or some things that are what are core to Final Fantasy since sure. the very first game that are these walking chicken things they call chocobos. Chocobos. That is yep. a 100% Final Fantasy creation, I believe. Yep. Um, and they've had them in every game. Every game right. has always been its own story in its own world. They aren't re- related at all. So Eorzea, oh, okay. what we're playing now, has never been in a Final Fantasy game. Really? Yes. All of the games are completely separate. That's a thing I said to you 
uh, off the air, I think we were talking a couple days ago, because uh, as as I mentioned, the games that I've played, and I've probably picked up one or two of the mobile games, but I, you know, coming from the world of like Azeroth and the MCU and the DC universe, like mm-hmm. I just assume everything is connected. Like no, that's what you do if everything is from the same person, you know, and it, even like Stephen King didn't write his novels to be in a shared universe but they kind of ended up being that way anyway. And of course that's one just, that's just one guy. So it's a, it's a thing, but there are, there are definitely things in this game where I go, huh, that's kind of weird. That must just be a final fantasy thing. Maybe that's a guy from another game, from another story. You know, I asked, um, I asked chance or, or some other people, I probably went on Reddit and looked and I'm like, is there a, is there a show? Is there a set of comics or a or a novel or something I can read yeah. that will that will introduce me to this world that'll that'll give me the backstory that I need for this and knowing that they're that they're not in a shared universe it helps me helps me yeah. a lot but that's yeah. that's one of those things where I'm like oh maybe this is just a Final Fantasy thing because not I don't know no. and no, so I'm Final Fantasy I'm maybe fourteen is its own thing I'm maybe less hard on the game than it deserves because I'm excusing a lot of stuff as <laughs> that just typical, just typical final fantasy. No, uh, that's not actually not. Yeah. Like, like you might've heard the name cloud or, uh, you know, that, that he's final fantasy, I think 10 protagonist, like he's, or Eris. Those are not in any other game or are referenced or anything. They're all their own thing. Now, that being said, like I said, chocobos, right? Those are in every one, and they're the same mm. thing. So you know it's a Final Fantasy game because there are these bird things that are chocobos, right? Right. There are materia, which I think was introduced in, yeah. I want to say, Final Fantasy 2 or 3. They're a something, like a crystal-type thing that you put into an, an item or something, and it's it does something. It improves it. So that's, that's a materia in every right. one of these worlds, right? Um, right. There's always some kind of engineer person named Sid in everyone. Huh. It it could be a boy or it could be a girl, but and they're always never the main character. But there's always a Sid in it. Yep, there's there's Sid. I just ran a a dungeon with oh, Sid. There last we go. Night. See, I was I was waiting for it. So if you play Final <laughs> Fantasy, you're, you're not you're not to that point in the story. But no, I think I I think I had to go rescue him from a prison or something. <laughs> See, that's the thing is that like when you're playing these Final Fantasy games, you're you're kind of like you're just going along with the story that you're learning now and going, and then all of a sudden they throw in a Sid and you're like, Oh, look, I'm in final fantasy. Forgot. Right. Uh, so Chocobo Sid, there's uh, what there's always white mages, black mages. There are summons like Bahamut is always in there as a summon. Ifrit is always a thing. Carbuckle is always a thing. Um, yeah, those, all of those things sound familiar to me. Yeah. Those are, those are all, I, I played the summoner class. So they talk about those. And then the main story quest, they're always talking about the primals. Um, but yeah, those are, they're, they're always like tribes of somebody trying to summon these primals. Yeah. So in all the final fantasy games, there's some kind of summoning thing mechanic since the second one, I want to say they've always had some kind of a summoning thing that you, your mages or something can do that summons the guy on the screen and does a thing. And they always use the same ones since the beginning. It's always Leviathan, Ifrit, Carbuckle, uh, and Bahamut. And they're always in, you know, the same kind of power order. I th- I think game. a lot of those are uh 
like actual myths, like mythological creatures. Probably, yes, right. Um, and th they just barrel their names or whatever. So, um, yeah. like we Rama, I just did a quest with like Rama or something. He's like the, the storm or lightning guy in in Final Fantasy games, and okay. the Sylves kind of like worshipped him. So he's a he's a primal in this game, and primals are like elemental god type things. They kind of explain mm -hmm. them, but boom, what do they do? They use those names. So it's kind of right. like all the Final Fantasy games use the same themes, but have their own stories. Okay, so they have like a, it's like a shared universe without a shared continuity. Yes, yes. And those it's like always the, It's like the same, it. it's the same world, but in a, on a different world, on a different literal world. Yeah, right, right. It's the same universe, maybe, right? Yeah. Kind of. Interesting. Type thing yeah so that's that's why you know you're playing final fantasy and there's uh, and i was one of the biggest things that i was most hesitant about playing this game was it's going to sound petty but i really never liked chocobos like i really thought sure. that ch riding chickens was the dumbest thing i'd ever seen in any video game ever uh, and yeah, i ignored it as they're much like as possible. um if you played wow they are like hawk striders or hawk striders are like them to be fair but yes right uh it's it's basically a big ostrich, and they have those instead of horses. Instead of horses, and they and they continue to make them try to make them look cool, and they just look terrible. At least in my opinion. So sure. I got my first chocobo. Whenever I got them, just like this last week, I'm glad I got it because I really needed a mount. But man, I hate riding those things. It's like oh, I gotta do this. And then sure enough, again another Final Fantasy thing is that every time there's a chocobo, they play the funny chocobo song. And when oh. the first time they had chocobos in Final Fantasy, you went to the chocobo farm and they were all like little cute birdie sprites with their little mm -hmm. heads went away and they played the do 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 and like oh my god every time I got on a get on a mount now they play that <laughs> damn song every and, and time you're triggered I they're doing an event now where you run dungeons to earn tickets and then you trade those tickets in for mounts. And so I went on YouTube trying to see what the animations of these mounts are because, you know, I did enough to unlock one, but there are like eight options. And I'm yeah. like, what do these look like? I can look at pictures, but I want to see video of them running yeah. and stuff to see what they look like. And people in the reviews talked about the music. Like when you get on different mounts, it plays different music. And that's, oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> that feels like a fully, you know... uh either either japanese or maybe just final fantasy kind of thing oh um, well i i hadn't really noticed the music thing either it only happens at certain places or i just it's oh, just it, a thing that happens oh it happens every single time you get you get on that mount like every time that's no funny. matter where you're at it's it's i mean again people love it it's thing it's final fantasy you're like yay chocobo song here it is and i'm sure the right. first person at level 20 something they get a mount they're like yay but me, I was like, ugh. And it made me a little bit sad the other day when you sent me the message saying that you just got your first non-chocobo mount. I'm like, oh, I want Well, <laughs> not, not first non. Uh, somewhere in the early days of me playing, like it was maybe my thing for paying the actual subscription or it might have been something in the quest. I got a second mount, but it's like one of those demons that's like a flying eyeball with oh, wings okay. and and arms and legs and it's yeah. it's ugly and it's a flying <laughs> mount but I've not unlocked flying so I'm like I'm never using that I'll just stick with this chocobo. <laughs> I yeah, did I... go through whatever farming I had to do because um a chocobo can 
equip like they have inventory they can be combat pets and i saw that that, and they um can wear barding right Right. so every everybody gets the same looking chocobo at the beginning i think or it might depend on your grand company so maybe there are three different options for color eventually you can change the color i've not figured that out yet but um i got a cool set of like white armor looking barding that makes my a chocobo i named him hermes uh, (laughs) it makes him look different than the average noob starter chocobo that's not that i see that many of those like usually people riding around on silly cars or like giant moogle hot air balloons and stuff right i mean i i'm I'm a little heartened by the fact that i do see so many non-chocobos around like it, I'll, and and there are seems to be a well. That's the, it's not like just different that's, horses. That's There's one of the. Right. It's one of the. Depending on your perspective, it's either the positive or negative of coming to an old MMO. Um, is that you know people have been collecting mounts for ten years. Yeah, uh, right. You're just and, and see which I think is stuff. cool. I mean, also I have the again. I think it is a benefit because I, I I see that. I'm sure in the early days of Final Fantasy, there was probably everyone had only chocobos with maybe the one ultra rare drop that was a non-chocobo in a raid or something, right? But now we're yeah. 10 years on, they probably made them more easy for anyone to get. And like, now I don't have to. Sure, super rare sure. Raid. That's one of the things I don't want to, again, I don't want to spend too much time on WoW Classic, but that was one of the things that was kind of a relief in WoW Classic was looking at somebody on a mountain going, oh, you picked that one. Because there were only three of each type. So there were 12 Alliance level 40 mounts and like six epic mounts or something. And so I could look at somebody and I knew what they had. Like WoW's been going 15 years. I've played it a lot. I've played every expansion. I've collected over 300 mounts. And I still will see somebody and go, what is that? (laughs) <laughs> and, i kind of like that though that? i mean I i'll like, see three I like people in a, in a the, the the like <clears throat> the reason that that annoys me is because i was a collector at various times sure sure and so that goal just seems forever out of reach and, and oh, increasingly yeah. of out course. of reach of course and so that's that's that aspect of it the other aspect is a thing that wow has always had because it's kind of cartoony but i noticed it a lot in the last time that i played star trek online and the the couple times that i played elder scrolls online is that you unfortunately get to like a problem of escalation with mount design yeah um where you know especially if you start your game with like already you have rams tigers horses wolves uh you know dinosaurs and like all the basics there was a lot of very variation in the starter um racial mounts and then over the years they have to get more fancy and like yes you can make a bird but you're able to put real looking feathers on it now um but like in in star trek online the ships got bigger and more ridiculous right we're like like i'm in a constitution class you know from the original series and like yes it should be this big compared to the sovereign class from the next generation uh movies um um in whatever you know the movies i'm talking about nemesis and uh and insurrection i want to say insurgent and i knew that wasn't right um 
but on in the in the MMO, there'll be a guy in a um a Tholian ship, and it's twenty times bigger than the Sovereign class. And I'm like, the the area around Earth is just filled with these ships of all crazy sizes and <laughs> shapes and and everything. And I'm like, this is not. This is right. not right. This looks dumb. It's same thing with Elder Scrolls. Like I'm like, oh, I'm here and I'm, you know, learning. I'm selling my stuff with this guy and I'm going to buy potions. And then a guy rides up and he's on a unicorn that has like rainbow particle effects floating behind him all the time. <laughs> and everything around is like dark, grimy kind of Skyrim world. I'm right. like, this doesn't belong here. What is this? I, I, you know, I, I kind of got that with the Final Fantasy mounts. While I'm on the side of the spectrum where I like. I like this so many billion different kinds. I did have the, as I was going through Waking Sands the other day, going towards there, I all of a sudden a guy drives on a car, like a souped up yeah. car past me. I'm like, wait, car. what? I mean, wait, this is a, a fantasy, Japanese right. fantasy game, and there's a car with like, vroom, vroom, as it goes yeah. by. I'm like, what is happening? It's It's the only, at least at one point, it was the only mount with three passenger slots. Jeez. And so, like, you and three friends jump in this car and you drive around while everybody else is riding on chocobos. I'm like, what is that? That's so dumb. So but dumb. It's, I was like, what's happening here? You know, I yeah. mean, is it more ridiculous than a helicopter that runs on steam power? Sure, wow. sure. Yeah, um, I. So there, there are a lot of there are a lot of. I'm I'm enjoying the quirkiness and the difference because I have played so many, you know what to expect. I mean, you've played WoW and you've played EverQuest and you've played Dark Ages of Camelot. You know, you know these things. You've played them to the hilt. You've played a wizard sure. all the way, the different ways wizards can be played and hunters. And God, if you've played World of Warcraft over the years, you've played many different kinds of iterations of hunters that they've changed them to be. Um, so playing this one, I have really enjoyed the difference, the, the different ways that they can, you know, even mechanics wise, you know, because they're, they're cultural and it's a different part of the world have just different ideas and they don't always subscribe to what, you know, a dot is, or you, you know, cause a lot of times you'll play a game and you're like, Oh, this is a dot class. Oh, this is a buff class. Oh, this is a, a fort buff class, mm. you know, thing. They, they're just translatable to other games, right? What we call wow clones or whatever. Uh, this one doesn't always have that. You just, you pick up a new class some of them are like that, but for the most part, you have to figure out very unique kind of type things that that are different to this game. Um, now, I've only played like two classes, so I can't really, uh, you know, say too much. But sure. uh, so far, I'm really I'm really am enjoying it. Um, I happen to what I think pick what I think is very luckily picked a class that can actually level up two jobs at the same time. Hmm. I mean, it was kind of by design, and I was crossing my fingers that would be the way. Um, but my, I'm playing Summoner and Scholar, so I think that's the only class that does that. Um, it's a hybrid class that could do heals and DPS. Yeah, but like it's 100% good healer and 100% good oh, DPS. Oh, sure. Yeah, so it's, that's, it's not like that's one of those. I guess that's one of those things that, again, with an old MMO, where it, it's better than it used to be. Yeah, right. I think I think they they made it originally. They made this where uh, you were a DPS class, and then at one point, I'm gonna have to look at the history of this because it feels like there's some history here that this class wasn't uh, picked a lot or was not very in you know attractive. Which sure, 
developers never get pet classes right the first time. They always take them many years before they get pet classes figured out. Um, so they they made it where at level thirty you can choose to become a healer instead of a DPSer. Um, and right. then you go down that path and you start solid every level you level up, you start solidifying that job over the other. Um, and while you can switch back and forth, your, your stats are really totally geared towards healer. And while you can switch over to the DPS, you are doing crappy DPS. Sure. Or, it's probably or, or like the, like the hybrid classes were in wow. In, right. In vanilla. But like, at some most point, of them were just healers. Like, they could do DPS, but, uh, you know, yeah. most of them are bad at it. So at one expansion somewhere, they scrapped the whole foundation system of, uh, you know, committing to stati- stats and things. Because they, as they do in MMOs, they're like, that, that system's dumb. We tried it for a while. And everybody's, there's one cookie cutter thing that everyone always picks for every class. So and we're you just. Want, you want flexibility. It. It's, it's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep making comparisons to WoW, but it's like when they added dual class to WoW. So you can switch freely yes. between the two. You don't have to spend all your gold to switch between your yes. two different specs. Give people more options, right. more flexibility. And I, and I think I think WoW is more flexible with that than this game is because WoW, when WoW did that, I thought I actually thought that was one of the most amazing things ever that WoW did when I was yeah. still actively yeah. playing, that I could go DPS one day when I play by myself and then switch over to tank on my other time. Now, with this game, I, I did. It's, I'm only playing the class that I think can do that um, because right. I can just now, I, I will get on and I will play. I did their night I'm DPSing through, which I really enjoy playing DPS this story and, you know, summoning things. And it's really neat. I really enjoyed that in the Final Fantasy games. So, and, but I want to get into a group. I want to do it now. I don't want to wait 10, 15 minutes or, or go figure something out and then all of a sudden have to stop my flow because sure. the dungeon timer comes up, you know, 15 yeah. minutes later. Uh, so I, and I do enjoy when a group, I don't enjoy DPSing. I just, I, I did it for so long and I really don't care to do it anymore. Um, right. And I like to tank or I like to heal and this lets me heal. So I think healing is get people mad at me, but a fairly easy thing. It's so straightforward. You heal people that are, you just watch bars, you know, playing that game. You just watch bars the whole game. Uh, and and in, at some point you start to watch bars and watch the floor. Those are the two things <laughs> you really just have to watch. Right. Right. Um, so I enjoy it. I enjoy being able to, to go through dungeons and get, I can get dungeon gear for you know, that are more healer gear. And then when I'm playing uh, the story mode, I get DPS gear and it's really fun. I've really enjoyed sw- being able to switch like that at any time that I want. Um, although, although, uh, and, and it's got nice mechanics. The, the way this job switching thing, they've, I'm sure it wasn't as good at one point, but it switches all your hot bars and all of your UI and everything gets switched all around by, by the, the job that you switch to. Yeah, and I suspect that that's why they did not invest too heavily in hybrid classes. Yeah. Right, when you're... Right, because if you're if you're rolling a WoW character and you're like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm mostly DPS, but when we get to dungeons, I'd like to tank. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, what do you play? Because in the early days, there I mean, there were hybrid classes, but it was hard to switch. And so you could do the thing where you level as DPS, and then when you get to the end, for raids, you switch to tanking or whatever. Yeah. Um, right. in, this cl- in this game, yes, you have to level up, but I'm told once you get to a certain level or a certain point in the main story, uh, you get 
XP bonuses to, to subsequent jobs. Yes. And so you don't have any kind of alt culture, maybe not none, but you have much less alt or alternate character. I should, that's what I mean. Yeah, alt, right. um, that's culture, very hard like, for me, by the way. That's very hard for me. It, it generally is for me too. Like it's for people who the, the only times that I've had serious alts were when I had, you know, just an embarrassing amount of time to play world of Warcraft or when I was not playing any character seriously and would just switch, whichever one had the most rested, run a couple dungeons and then switch again. Um, this game doesn't have any of that because my character who is a bard, once I unlock it in the story quest, and I mean, I could go back and do one of the basic quest, but the, the job that I want to play is an expansion job. Like I have to get to that point of the story. Um, I can switch and learn the Dark Knight class, which is a tank class, and now my character's a tank. Like, she'll have different armor and different mm-hmm. action uh, uh, skills, but I don't need an alt for that. So you right. also don't need you don't need a druid that can be both. You just have one character who sometimes is a bard if she is wearing a bow, and then other times is a, is a Dark Knight when she's wearing a greatsword. I wish that I wish that that would have been explained better up front. Like that, I know mm. that they. I'm not to judge people who have to explain all mechanics in an MMO. That is, I'm sure, a supremely difficult job. But I think that this is a very different whole idea from any other MMO. That seriously, you should just make a character that you like, a person, and design that person that could be that thing, and don't think of them as a class. Think of them sure. as a person, right? That that sounds silly, but it sounds I mean, silly to me because I, I have I have like role playing attachments to to my to my characters. Like I I will yeah, make yeah. I've always made like I like playing summoner and pet classes in games, but that's always my character named Arin. It's always Arin. She's the same character in all the games. She's an like an elfish type character. I can make yeah. her older or younger, but she's tall. She's blonde. She's an elfish character since she's one of my original early everquest characters ever made and like and and she always plays she just in my mind is a magician type uh mage wizard type character that likes you know summoning things that's what she does to see her in a shield as a dark knight no no way i can't i just can't do that (laughs) right i have another character that's totally like his stories that plays those dark characters i've got because that's how that's how most of these games are. Like I came into the world of MMOs through original Guild Wars, which is right. not technically an MMO, but my um my bard character in Final Fantasy is named Constance Drake. And that is the name that I gave one of my alts in Guild Wars, who was a ranger. That was the bow and pet class. Yeah. Now Final Fantasy ra- archers don't have pets. Um the only pets are the the conjurer that you're playing and they're a little more like warlock pets. They're all the same. Um, Warlock pets and wow, I should say, but um, I followed that naming scheme and I didn't do that in wow because wow has single word names. You can't have two names, Um, but in games where you can have two names, I usually do family name Drake and then have the first. And so if it's a, if it's a necromancer, character it's chloe that was my first guild wars character and then like 
a Holly character will usually be a caster. Um, Hester is a healer. Um, and those are all just my original. And um, don't you have like a, a mental image words. of those? Like your healer looks like a, what you think of a healer might look some, like. Or... Some version of them. Odd, oddly right. enough, Constance is the one that I've probably done the most. Likely because she was a ranger. And I didn't play a ranger a lot in Guild Wars, but I played a hunter a lot in World of Warcraft. Right. And so if that. I if I play, you know, my, my hunter character in WoW was always just Drake of some form. Because that was how the naming worked. But when I made a ranger in pathfinder which is you know like D D, um she was constance and i have this mental image based on one of the armor sets from guild wars that she's a like so, sort of like a runaway noble kind of thing so she's you know woodsy but maybe a little bit prissy usually wears her hair in a braid is redhead kind of Thing. and mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. it, there's not a lot of detail in that world building i but agree just yeah, just sure. that kind of vague archetype um that, that you've set up in your own mind for whatever that i have reason. in my own mind that i've that i've set up so yeah i would have to sort of bend uh credulity a little bit to say like oh yeah and now she's gonna wear a bunch of death knight armor and run in and stuff but i can <laughs> right know, i can justify that in my head canon it's my character so it's your character right <laughs> yeah and, and and i have to it's it's funny i would never pay i've always thought it was the silliest thing people do you can usually pay in these mmos to like change your character's looks right yeah. um and but i've seriously heavily considered it now like maybe i don't want Ren to be Ren. maybe it should be like a more generic new character that can do anything that I want him to do and be free just, of that type of just stuff. Just for you know? the name change. I mean, no, not for the name change. Like I want to change the whole body, like the whole change, archetype. It's like 10 whole... bucks and you can change everything from race to sex to anything. I think I, you, I think you get at least one of those in the story or you could just be re-roll. Like, You're probably not deep enough in that you couldn't re-roll. Well, I don't, that's what I say. I don't want to re-roll cause I'm 33 already. Oh, I see. I, and I don't like. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to do this all over again. I yeah, may do it yeah, all over again, fair. but I, I don't know. So anyway, that's silly and dumb. And I really like. I think their their system is superior, with the exception of maybe because because you can do anything with one character. I think that's fantastic. You don't have to roll alts, and it's really well done. And it just, and it extends to the trade skills, which is yep. which is also great. Like in WoW, there's always this agonizing kind of like you only get two, and so you yeah. got to pick. Like I want to do this, but I always, I, I always kind of want to do three. Like there are two crafting that I want to do, but I also need a gathering so that I can, you know, yeah. be collecting. This game does professions in a way like it's a little bit like how Black Desert does it, but still fully different. Um, the the trade skill jobs, or as they're called in this game, <laughs> this game definitely has the like you need a Rosetta Stone. Of like, oh, this means this. This means this. Nothing yeah. is the same name as what it is in a Western MMO. Like, they're not yeah. guilds. They're free companies. They're free not companies, factions. Yeah. They're grand companies. They're yeah. not quests. They're... Duties. Duties. Not duties. The dungeons are, are, are called duties. The, the duties quests are called... Duties drive me nuts. Not duty, but D-U-T-Y. Right. I wish they would just say it says duty complete. I'm like, you mean quest complete? Quest I completed the quest. The 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 dungeon, although they're not always dungeons, so dungeon is a misnomer. Also, right. um, there's a different word for quest. I can't think of what it is. It's like 
it's like task or something. Right. Um, I don't think I don't even think they call it journals. I, I maybe I don't know, but there there are journals, but those are like logs. They're like records of all of your. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the professions or trade skills are called um, uh, disciple of the hand and disciple of the land, and then the combat classes are called disciples of war and disciples of magic. So it's it's split into four, but it's really two or three depending on your perspective there are combat classes crafting classes and uh gathering classes and yeah. all of those when i say class i mean job in, yeah. in final fantasy yeah, um, the, now, now the but it's the same a, right. like as i described where if i equip a bow i'm a i'm a bard or an archer and if i equip a great sword i'm a dark knight if i equip a frying pan i'm a culinarian or a cook yeah. And if I equip a saw, or not a saw, if I equip a pickaxe, now I'm a miner. I think it's still called miner. Yeah, um, I, I have not played these at all. Like, I've got them, but sure. I've not even played that's, them. That's part of why I'm not even through the first expansion's worth of main story quest, because I spent a lot of time uh, doing professions. Yeah, I I, I mean, I, I have to force myself, because those things always held me back in these games. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's fine. I'm just accepting it and moving on. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting enough that the fact that they make them classes that they have to be pretty cool and interesting. I bet is what I think. I I will say this that these aren't the first because I know that Star Wars Galaxies, the the original Star Wars MMO, mm-hmm. um, had like three classes that were the trade sale classes. You could like be a trader. Like your your job was to trade items with players and npcs and you mm. got and you pick that class at character creation you can't not unlike final fantasy where you can turn into also a warrior this one that was your that's your job that's your class that's your thing that's you get exp skills abilities you could be a, a they had a bard type character but it was just for like cantinas like you were a dancer or a music it's a musician is what that mm. was that and you yeah, would yeah. be in you'd go to the different cities around the world and try to discover cities and places and you were just a city class or you could go to campsites and dance and play instruments. And if you played with multiple other musicians, you could actually play different parts. Like I play the oboe part on this song and you play the clarinet part on this song and it all goes together. And then everybody gets multiple buffs that last over certain times and then you can charge money and you get EXP for it. And yeah, the, the bard, it's crazy. Like, as I said, my character's a bard, and there's a whole page of of performance abilities where I can play an instrument. I forget what those do, if they're just flavor or if they actually can do something. I don't remember because I unlocked that a while ago. The, the point that I was going to make about uh, trade skills that I got distracted and didn't make is that I think of the gathering trade skills in the in the WoW context of... You're out in the world and you see a flower, an herb, and you can pick yeah. it because you yeah. have the herbalism ability. Yeah. Um, Am I missing out on that? Is that I should be doing that no. too? Or? In, in Final Fantasy, because of the job switching, I go out into a zone and I'm either there to do quests and kill monsters or I'm there to pick herbs. You don't do both at the same time because I don't see any herbs unless I have equipped my sickle right. and am in... Uh, botanist mode like and do you I'm get in... exp and are there quests for just just like just like um 
just Herbalist. like the combat classes and just like Black Desert, um, if if I switch, if I equip a skillet and I'm a culinarian, my thing up in my name shows, and it, it switches my outfit, right? Um, it shows culinarian and my culinarian level. It's, right. it's a whole new set of levels, just like, and it has its own set of gear. And there's overlap, right? The the um how do you get the, gear do you run quests with them well some of it you craft right if you're crafting um you do get it as quest rewards so every trade skill or every trade job i don't know whatever to call that um it has its npc it has its guild in one of the three cities you go there and they're like oh hey yeah sure why don't you go out and pick up some sticks and let me see if you're you're worth it. and you and you level it up um interesting yeah, you do get a thing. I don't remember when I unlocked this. I think it was part of deciding a grand company. Um, and we're deep in the details here. But um, the grand companies, which are the three factions that you get to choose from in the main story, um, will have a supply and provisioning officer. And there's a panel in the game. You can you can pull it up. It's it, They're like daily... Um, um, there's a special word for them, but they're like supply lists and they'll, okay. what, what shows up on the list will change depending on what professions you have and what level you are in that profession. Okay. So if I'm of the right woodworking level where I can make an, a, an ash bow, it might be an ash bow or it might be something else from that level tier that I can craft. Okay. Then if I hit the next tier up, it might be an oak, bow, or elm, whatever. I don't know how the, the woodworking actually works. Um, and because my character has picked up all of the Disciple of Hand and Land jobs, um, I see a whole list of those. And I can turn them in once a day. And they'll say, like, okay, I need an ash bow and a copper a bracelet and... Um, 10 of this kind of stone, 10 of this kind of herb, one of this kind of fish. Man, but inventory must be terrible for those, those people. It's, it's a little, it's a little bit. Um, the secret is a lot of the craftable things, tools, weapons, armor, you can buy from vendors in the city. Okay. Um, and the gathering ones you usually can't buy, but they very often are on the market, on the auction house. And so what I'll do if I have a block of time, and this goes into the like queuing for dungeons thing because I'm DPS, I'll queue for a dungeon and I know I have some time. So I'll go look for all of that stuff in town. I'll say, okay, I need a bow and I need this and this. And the, the UI will show you if you have it. Um, and anyway buy or acquire most of that stuff and go turn it in. And then when you turn it in, you get currency for the grand company. You also get XP in the job that that item corresponds with. So I get XP in woodworking without having to craft the bow. I just go buy it. I assume okay. that only goes up to a certain level and is sort of a, a catch-up mechanic for the oh. um, trade skill That's jobs. That's something I'm, I haven't done, and I'm, I'm going to wait until I get... Do the main story quest, which is my number one complaint about the game right now, is that it's 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 because of the Eastern influence on the storytelling 
um, this is something and I don't want to go to this take too long, but the Final Fantasy games are very quirky. And if you ever play a Final Fantasy game, you realize, you know what I mean, where they, you can become world encompassing things but then the next thing you do is go and play beach volleyball with your friends <laughs> or you know and 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 it's it's just it swings all over the place in in these um japanese type jrpgs and uh that's the nature of them it's almost some people say that the best part about them that you can be a world savior but you're i don't know the way i've always seen it is that it's from a perspective of a 14 or 15 year old Right. It's, mm. it's that, that you can you want to hang out with your friends and go to the mall, but you also want to put a sword on and go slay dragons. Right. So they tell all those stories all the time. And you, and you think that this little person is cute. Oh, that's so cute. I want to get them a little thing and dress them and put a little hat on them and things like that. But then also you're an ultimate badass, you know, dark knight. <laughs> so this this main story quest does all of those things a hundred times and it's really disjointed it's hard to catch up and I, i'm not yeah, it's, enjoying it's a, that a whole lot it's but. unfortunately a big a big time gate maybe we'll we'll get into that but you're liking the game otherwise i am I, i'm enjoying it so far uh so f- i I'm, I'm not dreading but i'm look, looking at the uh what people saw the big say the big grind between level 30 and 40 and i'm there now uh i i'm not feeling that because what i'm grinding now is main story quest stuff which tends to be uh it's driving me nuts that it's like level 22 when I'm level 33, those quests. And I just can't catch up because it's slow EXP grind. The grind is because mm. I'm playing old low level quests. But as yeah. soon as I do EXP appropriate quests, like I'll go and do my guild quest or something, I'm getting EXP fast. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's really wreck. So if I was doing level appropriate quests, but unfortunately a stupid main story quest is holding me back, <laughs> I would be leveling just fine. Hmm. right and i don't think there would be a, a grind issue so i think that's going to be okay i'll figure out a way to do it i don't know what i how i'm going to rationalize that but we'll see uh, okay so hey i know we talked a lot about this uh and we've only got a little bit of time left but we should probably yeah. talk about our, our our this week's movie what do you say our 2020 let's, challenge yep let's do it all right this week we watched the 2005 uh romance drama by ang lee uh broke back mountain ang lee he, he reminds the only thing i i mean i know he's done a lot of movies but the one thing he reminds me of is he did the like the original hulk movie back in okay. 2000 or something ang lee but, which okay. i thought was pretty good but whatever crouching tiger life of pie oh he, he did crouching tiger i like i love that one too so. sense and sensibility His yeah. stuff is all over the map uh, well, not so really, this movie um I thought it was okay. It it, it was. Uh, are we jumping into spoilers? I'm. Are we? We're overview. I, I I guess yeah. If I mean, if you have heard of this movie, you know what it's about. But we'll get into some of the details of the story. So well, I, I I'll here here's non non spoilerly lead into people who may not have or don't really know, but may have heard it. Um, it is uh, two uh, ranch hands i think is what they are or, or uh, uh cowboys they're basically yeah. cowboys they take herd mm-hmm. they take a, a sheep or whatever animals up into the the mountains for the summer and then they grow and graze and whatever and then they bring them back down in, in near the the fall um yeah. they live it's, up there with them it started it time. starts in the late 60s it's and in the 60s i guess last and, and these two these two guys 80s. go up there they're very cowboy kind of guy guys and they fall in love 
they spend a lot of time out there together. Uh, they don't see themselves as uh, homosexual men. Right. And but they they fall kind of naturally in love with each other, come back down. And that's not just the whole show. That's what I thought the whole show was. The whole show is kind of their life trying to live as heterosexual men when they are homosexual men and they have families and stuff that they end up kind of developing. And it's in the 60s in Oklahoma and Texas. So there's a lot of that. And then it goes through their whole life and you experience how what it's like to kind of be in that time period with that sexual persuasion. That's, yeah. Did I, did I sum that up? I, for that? I, I guess. I don't know. That's, it's a little spoilery, but I guess that's fine in the sense of, in in the sense that you could say anything in this, in this movie is a spoiler, but yeah, I mean, you, 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 you know, I think most people know that's the, the gist, but there's a lot of things along the way. There's, kind there's of, details in that, the, the time setting and the, and the place setting. So, um, yeah, now we can move into spoilers, I think though. Yeah. So yeah. Spoiler belt. Okay. So, this is a tragedy is what I was kind of holding. It. It's a tragedy, right? Like, yeah. Rom- romantic, romantic tragedy. Yeah. So it does not have a happy ending. No. Nope. Um, it's, it, it doesn't have a happy time throughout it. Mostly. I think most of the whole show. Is. No, no. I mean, there's, there are the, so the, the sequence that you described of them, um, going up on the literal mountain, Brokeback mountain, mm-hmm. um, is is really just the first act. It's just the the prologue almost. And I thought set this up. was going to be the whole show, but it wasn't. Yeah, so did I. I kind of, I, you know, I all I had heard about this movie is gay cowboys, and yep. you know, that just avoided it. I'm like, well, that's not a movie for me. Um, and but it's on our poster, so we watched mm-hmm. it. Um, and yeah, I mean, leaving aside that that aspect of it, um. It reminded me a lot of the miniseries Godless that we watched a year or two ago from Netflix okay. um, in that what I've come to th- suspect is maybe just a Western style of very slow, sweeping vistas, um, long... Western, str- you mean like cowboy Western, not like... Yeah, Western, Western film. Yeah. Um, you know, long, long sequences of people doing things animals moving through the thing people driving down the road with no dialogue no anything just watch it um and of course a lot of the development of this romance is done through looks and subtext yeah there's not a lot of dialogue per se here body language um all of all of that kind of stuff um and so it's it's a movie that you have to be watching to be uh fully appreciating and i watched it in a couple of sittings um because i was pretty busy over the weekend um and yeah so so i had moments where i'm like am i i missed something they showed something okay i have to back it up and see because they switched you know i got distracted and there was stuff here that i needed to be paying attention to yeah, yeah, and and it it's slow and plotting, just like westerns are, like you mm-hmm. said. So I mean, and it covers a we, lot. We of talked time. about this with we talked about this with Godless. Is like that that is that is living out west. I mean, to, to talk about how we feel about westerns and what western and how western storytelling is, you should go back to that episode and actually listen to us mm. talk about Godless because we went on for a long time with that. But it's right. you know it is you're making a thing about western people. They are slower, not mentally just like slower in life 
and spaces and open things. And they, therefore, when you, Ang Lee made this movie, he made it the same kind of way where they're just long stretches of vista and quietness and not talking and, and looks and things. So, uh, you know, when there is dialogue, it's kind of important. That's why you get the things I wish I could quit you. And, right? and sometimes the story of a person's life looks like this, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, then they met up and this happened. And then they, they continue to meet a couple times a year for the next four or five years and yeah. then he he divorced his wife. Yeah. And so you see them and then there's a little bit of a montage and then the the scenes leading up to his divorce and then a bunch of time passes again. Um the 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 span of time after the summer on Brokeback Mountain is like 20 years. Oh, at least, at least, yeah. 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 It, he they, and they 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 age them and whatnot. Right. I at least 20 years, right? Because he has, at the end, he has his daughter get married. So she's about 19 to 21. She's 19, and she was probably born pretty soon, and, like within a year. And they had year. their affair before, or not fair, but they get their get-together before he, they were any of them were married. Right, um, right. And I so, think yeah. he gets married and has at least the first daughter um, within a year of that. Because yeah. they, they oh, because he was engaged. He was engaged. Going yeah. back um before Jake Gyllenhaal goes back to Randy Quaid to try and get that same job again. Right. Also, yeah, everyone in this movie, for the most part, is someone you've seen. Yeah, right? Yeah, like, right. Like, the leads are well-known. You got Michelle Williams, who was in um, uh, Greatest Showman. You got Anne Hathaway, Randy Quaid. Um, his daughter yeah, Anne is... Anne Hathaway's is, dad is when it's on that you see him and everything. Yeah. Um, his his daughter, when she's an adult, is Kate Mara, who was on um, House of Cards. Obviously, that was right. after this, but um, right. I looked at the cast and I'm like, "Is everyone in this?" Right, right, yeah. So I don't know. It's it it's in it's hard because I mean, it's telling the story. So the the I think the moral of the story that that they're going for here is to give you the experience or understanding of what it was like for uh, gay men in the 1960s or before right. um, in, in the West, like in Oklahoma. Yeah. Because and, they, and, and he Wyoming, tells us, Oklahoma, he tells Wyoming, us Texas. He, Heath Ledger's character tells a story from his childhood that would have been the late forties. Right. Yeah. Maybe and that early fifties. That story is the center of the whole, I think the center of the whole movie. Right, like that the the fact that he was shown as a kid, uh, what was a gay couple that was killed and murdered, and his dad took him out there to show him that that's what they do to homosexuals, was the centerpiece of why they never yeah, got together, why they couldn't get together. And that's why the central tension. Story. If you're if you're still listening and have not seen this movie, uh, that's that's the central tension that keeps them as we used to say. I don't know if we still say closeted, but it kept them. Um, from from publicly acknowledging their sexual preference in this, or era. or their love for each other, or living a or, life that was, or their normal. or their love for each other, or or yeah, um, living a happy life together, right? Yeah, um, in the in the late sixties into the eighties, um, and right, and and yeah, basically meant that they both lived pretty miserable lives, 
Now right. they had he, they had other things, right? Heath Ledger's character yeah. was always poor, right? He never right. he never you know financially moved beyond the state of just surviving. He had to constantly work right. to to provide for his family. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character had this, you know, kind of maybe loveless marriage, which is is related to this this other relationship and sexual preference thing. But he also had this tension with his father-in-law who was very wealthy and that would have been the same either way, but the central grief and tragedy of their lives was this relationship that they could not truly enjoy and could not share or acknowledge with anyone else. Or, or, or it's the simple fact that they couldn't, they couldn't be who they are. And that doesn't mean just, that doesn't mean just, uh, you know, be a gay man. They they couldn't be like love who they wanted to love between fear of death and in the tragedy. Obviously, one of the many tragedy things here is that you know Jake Gyllenhaal's character is murdered because of that, right? Um, and so it's um it's a hard movie because th- that is the central tenet, and, and it's I think you know it's there's one moral of the story. The only thing about this 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 movie is that it's got one moral of the story that it's trying to tell you and that's it right and it's a very heavy big important thing and it's sad and it's tragic tragic and you should know it's just similar to watching um a shows about racial inequalities or 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 Mm -hmm. terrible things that happened in mississippi you know in the early 1900s or before it's terrible heavy things and deep that way um and i don't didn't like tragedies but besides that it's just okay. Like, yeah, that is a core. It makes me sound like I'm belittling the, the struggle and the tragedy of the whole thing. It's, it's not, um, but it's a slow story. It mm-hmm. takes a long while. Uh, it didn't really grab my attention. I, and, and it's maybe because I'm a, a, a heterosexual male. I did not see connections between Hall and, and, um, uh, the Joker, Heath Ledger. Uh, Heath I mean, Ledger. I mean, right? maybe, I didn't. Maybe because they're not homosexual, <laughs> right? And that's the thing too. I uh, I didn't I, get that. that. I, didn't, I found that I didn't, distracting as well. I was like, I I don't I don't really buy this. Like, yeah, maybe, I didn't buy it. Right. Jill Hall played it better than Heath Ledger did, and I, that was probably intentional in the in the scripting. And yeah, and maybe Heath Ledger is trying the whole movie to not be what he is, right? And that could be like. Uh, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal is more able, more easily able to, uh, you know, switch a false persona on and off when he's with other people where, yeah. where Heath Ledger is, is just constantly, you know, tormented internally. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like I said, it's, it's slow. It's, I, I didn't get that connection. I really didn't get that connection. Mm-hmm. And and I, I didn't know. I, it's hard for me to say because I didn't know what to look for there. But I I, I will sure. say I know um, throughout my life I've known good friends, uh, uh, men who are homosexual men and who are married, who are in have been in relationships together or with other people. And it's I've seen it. I know people um, who are now. Are you uh, talking about not heterosexual? Married, like like. A gay marriage or like these kind of beard marriages like in this movie? no no like no gay marriages like okay. gay marriage like I'm, I'm saying I, I i am friends with uh homosexual men and and women 
and I know love is what I'm saying. I see that love between two people regardless of their sex. And I did not see that in here. I just didn't get that. You know what I'm saying? When you get Mm on-screen connections with people, you want to say – I'm trying to think. uh, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, they're clearly not ever been in a relationship together in real life. But you just think that they have the most perfect, loving connection on the screen, right? Because they're just perfect together when they have chemistry on the screen. These two, I didn't get that. I just didn't get that feel of of love Um, between them. Are we – Are we we good to move – out of spoilers yeah yeah sure yeah um i i agree and i'll probably i'll put the chapter marker earlier than this so we can get all the stuff you just said um Mm -hmm. and so i i want to be clear that i'm not and i don't think either of us are um belittling or dismissing the message of this movie um and the 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 Message is a, is a weird word for that, but the, the like, I can't think of a better one. The message that they're trying to get across is that life used to be, and in some places, in some countries, and in some parts of the, the U.S., probably still are just terrible um, for, I mean, for a lot of people, but particularly for homosexuals. Yes, um, for sure. And... And and so I don't and want the, to. That's the that's the what this, sh- this show is telling that, us about. That's what this show is showing us. Um, and so I think that is an important message. Um, it probably was a little more important fifteen years ago when this movie came out than it is today. Um, we've you know, and it's important it, that we still remember it. That we don't. It is. Ever go it is important not to forget history and to be aware of of that. I don't think you or I or honestly anybody who would watch this movie is the kind of person who would beat someone to death for their uh, um, sexual preference. But there are people that seems ridiculous in 2020. Uh, And so, so that aside for me, if I'm making a list of a hundred movies that everyone should see Mm -hmm. before they die, um, I don't think in 2020 the kind of person who needs to watch this movie would watch it. I would agree with that. I, I, I definitely people who, who, who need to know the, I think the moral, the, the, the central tenet that two people who truly love each other and who not just love each other, but are this way because that's who they are. And, um, they're terribly oppressed. I don't think anyone who needs to really know that will watch this, right? They, and, won't, they won't watch it at all. And it's unfortunate. The, it's terrible, but it is. It is. And on the flip side of that, I don't think, I don't think anybody who already knows that needs to watch this movie. Um. Yeah. It does depends. that make sense? I. I, I yeah. I, it does make sense. I. I put I would not put this in my top 100 because I don't think that there was anything that it it moved me. I I was humbled by the tragedy of it. Sure, of course. I also am not a big tragedy person. <laughs> but Same, um yeah. but it's just it, there was nothing that I wanted to tr- turn to somebody and say this will change your perspective because this is a this is a movie that that its central tenet is made to change your perspective in life or make you feel a different way. We've seen mm-hmm. a lot of movies that have 
these kind of, you know, moral stories to them. And it, when you're done, you feel like I need to change things about myself or I need to do whatever, you know, I don't know if this one did that for me. It, I just, it just didn't. And I don't no, think that it, it suggesting me- that to other people would make them feel that way would, either. I don't would think do anything for anybody. It was a little bit like Mad Men where you're like, okay, yeah, stuff, stuff sucked, but it's not that way anymore, or at least not to that extent. And so there's nothing for me in my life to, to make a change with. So I think, I think just for me, if, you know, this movie's 15 years old, I'm certain that there are, more you know present day relevant um lgbt films or or tv shows that can uh you know that can be can be viewed could be put on a list like this um i think if you haven't seen it by now you're you're probably fine yeah and there's there's definitely no cinematic value i think here that no I, that, i mean that i could saw there's i mean if you're going from that angle either there's nothing 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 you know. remarkable just a a standard long plotting spans a long period of time kind of western like there there were big with, segments with no were, real resolution per se I know with, no, a with spoilery, no but w- yeah with with no no sort of satisfying ending it's just kind of okay life sucks and it sucks and then it sucks some more and then the movie's over right um, yeah and, and and i think i've seen some movies where we'll wrap this up, but I think I know that central thing for me was that, that love connection that I just did not get with them. And I've seen some things where there've been tragedies where people didn't end up together, but I really felt that the two people were in love. I just did not get that on that slow plotting beginning of these two guys out there. I never got that. I never got that connection to feel that these are star crossed lovers, you know, that were truly in love with each other that made me feel that, movement to to feel so sad it was a tragedy but it was just like oh god this is just terrible but between these two people but i never really felt that it was a love you know star-crossed love i I know i know we're running long here but this is sort of relevant to both of our both of our topics this week um one of the games actually the only game that i've played so far out of the itch.io uh justice bundle as we're calling it is a game called highway blossoms and Mm. i mentioned it on the show before because it's technically a game but i don't really think of it as a game it's um uh if you picture the way visually that a dating simulator works right you have still images of people and text or uh, dating sim is the wrong word like go back to the original fire emblem games or older jrpgs like you have a person and they don't animate their mouths don't move but once in a while, the frame will change so they have a different expression. Um, and then there's dialogue to read. That was this game. That was the whole game. At no yeah. point did I make any decisions. I just read and listened to dialogue for a couple hours. Right. Probably like five or six hours. Um, and it was narrated. The The talking was narrated. The internal monologue was not. So I had to you know, read, and then I could listen or read and kind of thing. And it tells the story of this, these two young women. They're like both 18 and 19, something like that, just out of high school, maybe going to college. The protagonist is living out of an RV that was her grandfather's. Um, You find out that he's recently passed away and she picks up the other girl 
on the highway out in the desert because her car broke down. And they go on these series of adventures looking for, um, lo- you know, buried treasure. It's it's kind of silly but kind of cute, and they fall in love. And that, of course, is all written and voice acted. So there's no like, um, there's no facial expressions or like real people. It's a thing I've mentioned before of of abstraction that that sometimes with fantasy stories or anime stories. Um, the emotions are easier to get across because I'm not distracted by actors. Okay. Um, but that's an example of at no point was it, um, and it's present day. So it's not trying to send a message except like, here's this sweet story of these two people, one who is dealing with some pretty serious grief and how they sort of form this relationship and, and, you know, fall in love and then have some, serious doubts and and whatever all this stuff but um i believed all of the emotions in that story i guess is the point i'm trying to make um in a way that the the relationship between heath ledger and and jake gyllenhaal in this movie never felt natural and i don't mean i don't mean because they're homosexual i mean they never seemed comfortable together like the tension was so high that it never seemed worth all of this risk or yeah that's that's not even that i just really i just never bought it i was like what there's so much they they're never happy like they're not happy apart and they don't really seem happy together like the best you ever see is them just like you know manic in their um uh i'm gonna say lust but uh no right yeah in in that miss each other in that kind of affection which is fine but is not I didn't buy that to sustain, you know, years and decades of, of, um, whatever. Unrequited love type thing. Yeah. The soulmate type thing. Right. Yeah. 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 So I'm with you on that. Right. So yeah, that's a mixed, it's a mixed thing. It's not bad, but good, but I don't think others put us on our hundred just because it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, emotionally compelling as the way I I hoped it would be. Uh, so what do we got for next week? Okay, next week we're going to try something a little risky. Uh, on our Thursday night movies, we're going to watch a movie off the poster in Bruges. It's um, Colin Farrell. Uh, it's a movie yeah, I know that... Nothing about, I know nothing zero about this movie. Yeah, so. this, right before I moved away from Bloomington, uh, a group of us, uh, Pete and I and um, our buddy Aaron Lambert, uh, discovered this movie and we would quote it all the time. Um, and I think it was just before you started uh, coming around the group again. And uh, yeah, so you, you missed it there. But hopefully you'll be able to appreciate it in the Thursday night movie. I know last hopefully week. It's, it's, this is a weird thing to, to pick because like our Thursday night movies are either really horribly terrible movies, Howard the Duck, or yeah. um, movies that are side-splittingly funny classics of all time. So I'm hoping this falls in the latter. Yeah, we've uh, watched a lot of bad good or good bad movies um yeah stuff like airplane and um, superman three superman three last week we watched two movies that were really both bad bad i mean it was bad bad and bad worse because we watched howard the duck and then super mario brothers afterward and the best i could say about super mario brothers is that it made howard the duck seem entertaining it really did if you think that howard the duck was bad watch super mario brothers right after it you'll think howard the duck was a masterpiece I know you fell asleep 
during Super Mario Brothers, which oh. you don't normally do. But wow, yeah. All right, so cool in in Bruges. I, I don't know anything about that. We'll we'll see how that goes. Nope. And and almost anything I could tell you would be a spoiler. So okay. hopefully, so we won't even, be able to I, I'm not. It. I'm not even going to look it up. It's two days away. I'm not even going to look anything about it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Cool, man. We got it. Got it. Well, you've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode 150. Uh, thanks Ooh, as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Um, if you want to reach out to us, tell us what Brokeback Mountain meant to you and everything that we're wrong about in our heterosexual male perspective. Uh, you can reach us on our website, frontporchpodcast.com. Uh, there are contact forms and all that good stuff. Uh, if you prefer uh, email directly, you can do that, frontporchpod at gmail.com. Um, if you like Star Trek role-playing or Star Trek role-playing, you can check out our other show. I think we're a week behind on on episode there, but hopefully I'll have one before this goes out. Um, it's called Klingons and Dragons. Klingonsdragons.com. It's not safe for work, but if it sounds interesting, check it out. Yeah. Um, if you enjoy this, If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe spotify overcast apple podcasts anywhere podcasts are found thanks as always for listening until next time i'm dennis and i'm michael for the front porch night everybody see you next time